Well, welcome everybody. Welcome back to Voice of Reason Radio. Your hosts, Chris Honholtz and Richard Story, joining you on this 9th of October. My goodness, we're into the last quarter, the last portion of the year, the, the last quarter, the last three months. We're coming down to the wire. And this year moved a little bit quicker than last year because this time last year it was still March 93rd or something. So um, <laughs> welcome back. Really grateful to be back with you guys. Had such a wonderful time last week, which we will be talking about tonight. But uh, uh, So not going to get ahead of ourselves here, but thank you for uh, for being with us and even taking time to listen to one of our older episodes last week. It looks like a lot of you did, and we're grateful for that want to remind you we are part of the Christian podcast community. That is a gathering of uh, like-minded Christian brethren who have a variety of podcasts in one location, something you will always be blessed by, I can assure you. So please, please, please check the check out Christian Podcast Community. Just go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. You will always find something really wonderful there, and you will be blessed. Uh, we are always about trying to share the good stuff about putting out good uh, information about things that you'll be blessed by. In fact, I got something I got to share. Ladies, you're going to want to hear about this. And I shared this with Rich earlier this week uh, before we get into our show. There's just something I need to uh, you know give you guys. But um, really just want to – we've never been – a show, a show that doesn't want you to know there's other sh- programs out there. So go check out uh, podcast.strivingforeternity.org. Uh, also want to remind you, we do have a website, slavetotheking.com. I do promise eventually I'm going to get back to blogging. I keep saying that. Uh, but uh, that's where you will find the links to all our, our website information, to our contact page, uh, which some of you have started to find and use. Thank you. Uh because we actually do get emails once in a while now. So thank you for doing that. Uh, you can also sign up as a follower to the website, which would be great. Because as we watch uh, big tech more and more remove things from the the things that they object to, which is pretty much anything conservative or Christian, uh, off of their sites more and more, you may have to go directly to a page, get the RSS feed, and get, drop it into whatever podcast uh, app of your choosing is so check it out slave to the king.com and uh, that you know you'll always uh, be able to find everything about our program there so uh, grateful to be back uh, grateful to be back with my brother rich i hate the fact that i went to this thing and you you couldn't be there i was like a kid in a candy store i i kept saying it was like i'm a kid at disneyland for the first time that's what it was like and I was a picture-taking fool. So if you, somebody actually accused, uh, basically said, if you weren't, if you were at, uh, if if you did not take a picture with Chris at G three, did you even attend? So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I. It was. It was like. I'm sorry. It was. I. I wanted to meet you all, and I. I met a lot of you. So it was really great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, but thank you. Uh, but Rich, um, I know I was gone for a bit. Uh, I. You, you know, I was inaccessible for for, for, for days at a time. So uh, how are how you doing, brother? <laughs> well, as always, brother, better than I deserve. But I'm hanging in there like a rusty nail. Um, <laughs> I haven't used that one in a while. Um, <laughs> I'd love to get that on a T-shirt because um, I've gotten a lot of weird responses when someone asks me how I'm doing, and I say I'm hanging in there like a rusty nail. <laughs> if you're from the South, you probably understand that. If not, um, if you've ever done anything when it comes to 
farm work or barns or carpentry, if you try to pull a rusty nail out of a board, it's not very easy. <laughs> so that's kind of the mild meaning of that phrase. And I don't know, it may just be a Southern thing. Because if you can't tell by my accent, which actually I don't have an accent, everyone else seems to, but... You know, I'm I'm from the land down under. I'm in Mississippi, so. <laughs> well, but brother, not um, that far down under. I, Otherwise, I, that's a police state. But that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did notice there was quite a few pictures, not just by you, <laughs> but a lot of people posted about G3. But I've got to ask you: Did you walk up to Paul Washer and slap him on the back for me and tell him howdy? If I had encountered Paul Washer, I would have done it. But he was one of the few people I didn't get to meet. Um, unfortunately, it's I, I, from what I understand. If um, and I think it was Chris Huff's podcast that was it his or it was somebody else's I was listening to. There was a point where that um, uh, Paul Washer was getting he was going to be like the next one up speaking, and they were having difficulty finding him. And it was getting, I guess, a, it was getting a little nerve wracking from what I understand, from what I gather. And what they eventually did was they found him. He had found a place to go off by himself, which was not easy to do uh, in a, in a um, conference where 6,500 people are in attendance. And he was praying. The, and, and somebody had said that basically they're pretty sure that had he not been located, he probably would have just prayed right through the time he was supposed to be preaching. <laughs> so that gives you some clue about uh, Paul Washer's. Uh, and from what I understand, and this is this is where I'm going to get in so much trouble. I didn't actually hear Paul Washer's sermon. You're kidding? No. What happened was, I had been on my feet. He was on uh, at the end of day two. I had been on my feet for a good portion of the day. Where they and you're on cement. They, where they had the the chairs in this huge kind of almost auditorium like thing. They were fold-out chairs, your metal folding chairs with a little bit of padding. I had been standing on my feet all day, or I had been in those chairs all day. I had actually left at the tail end of Vody Balcom's sermon because my back was screaming. And so finally I got up and I had to walk around. I could not go back and sit down My uh, just from the sheer amount of time on my feet and then sitting and, and, and this is no reflection on G3. This is just, it was the chair, you know, it, that chair was killing me. <laughs> and so I could not go sit back down because I was just, my back was screaming and I'm like, I hate it, but I'm going to miss Paul Washer's sermon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something I've not had to worry about in years. <laughs> I need somewhere to sit. I always have somewhere to sit no matter where I go. So this is true. This is true. Uh, now, so I feel horrible about that. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble now that I've admitted that. <laughs> I do have one chair that is far more comfortable than the other, but it weighs about 400 pounds and I have no way of hauling it. So it just gets used around the house, so to speak. But um, before we get into tonight's topic, and tonight's topic mm -hmm. is basically what is the point of Christian conferences mm -hmm. because you know in this day and age it seems like every time you turn around somebody's posting about this conference or that conference yeah and that's not a new trend that's been going on for years so um, here in just a few minutes Chris and I would like to discuss what is what is the point of Christian conferences mm -hmm. um, and some positive and negative aspects of that 
there's something I wanted to share with our listeners briefly. Um, over the last few weeks, I've been reading through the book of Luke, Hebrews, and Romans, and I'm also in preparations of teaching, and well, for lack of a better word, it's basic. It's, an, it's a basic apologetics course, um, the absolute bare-bone basics of beginning to learn about apologetics. Speaking of which, if anybody has a book to suggest that addresses the basics, and I mean bare-bone basics when it comes to apologetics, shoot me the title because it's been years since I've gone through this, and I've kind of got to go backwards in my brain and come up with something that's going to uh, you know, work really well as a bare-bone basics introduction. Um, most of the books I have nowadays are, you know, Dr. White level type <laughs> <laughs> writing. So I've got to backtrack a little bit. And what I did have when it came to those type of books, honestly, if I still have them, I have no idea where they're at in the basically stacks upon stacks of books that I've got because I'm still yet to to take a room and turn it into a library with bookshelves and <laughs> all my materials organized. Um, you know, that old picture of Spurgeon in his office with the mountains mm-hmm. of books that you, that's famous. Yeah. I've got a room that resembles that greatly when it comes <laughs> to, to, to the stack of books. But, um, something that I, I, I noticed and at some point during the course of reading through those three books, it came to me, you know, we hear a lot about, people talking about, well, if there was evidence of God, I would believe in God mm-hmm. um, first. No, you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> the Bible itself proves that even if the dead come back or if the dead is raised, you still wouldn't believe because that's part of what the issue was with Christ. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. And they saw that evidence, yet they still did not believe. So if someone says that if such such came back from the dead, I'd believe that God mm-hmm. existed. No, you wouldn't. But something that dawned on me, and it's in those books, and this may just be new for me. A lot of you may already realize this, but you know, people talk about wanting evidence that God exists, and there's untold numbers of books about the existence of God and proving the existence of God. The problem is not a lack of evidence mm-hmm. of the existence of God, the problem is that the evidence that is there, because people are blinded in their sin yep. and their consciences are seared, they can't understand the evidence that is right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you or I, if someone told and tried to explain to us some very advanced mathematical equation and told us the answer was three. If we didn't understand the math and understand how they got to three, we'd never understand if the answer was correct or not. Right. And the evidence of God is there because creation itself is the evidence of God. The fact that the, the trees and the earth and all the majesty that is in creation, that itself is evidence of God. The problem is people that are in their sin and blind cannot understand the evidence that's right there before them. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a in an evangelism conversation with someone and it goes in the direction of proof or evidence of God, you need to keep in mind that you could present all the evidence in the world, but until the Lord opens their heart to understand like he did with Lydia when Paul was talking to her, 
they will not see that evidence, much less understand that evidence. That's right. just something I wanted to share briefly. Um, I mean, we could do an entire episode Absolutely. on that, but it's just something I wanted to share. But um, getting to tonight's topic, yes, you just recently made a voyage of sorts to <laughs> really across the other end of the continent for you yep. to Georgia. Sadly, you were about 500 miles away from me, and I could not <laughs> be there with you. Maybe one day the Lord will bless us to be able to meet in person or attend one of these conferences together. Um, in all honesty, at the moment, with with the way that my condition is, it's very difficult for me to travel. I have a hard time making it 20 or 30 miles down the road, much less a 500-mile trip. Um, I do not travel well. It causes several problems with my body, mostly to do with pain and issues along those lines. But I was thrilled and beyond ecstatic and thankful that you were able to attend that conference, brother. And, you know, there were so, so many brothers and sisters there that we are familiar with online that neither of us have ever met Mm -hmm. in person. And honestly, based on all the conferences I've seen posted and talked about over the years, this may have been the absolute largest conference yet based yeah. on the number of, of speakers and, and the how well-known the mm-hmm. speakers are. I don't recall one having that many in one place at one time speaking because um, even John MacArthur was there um, mm-hmm. Wasn't Conrad Mabawi there? Mbewe, yeah. Mbewe? Yeah. Um, my tongue doesn't work half the time. That's um, all you right. had Paul Washer, Vody, I mean, just so many. Steve yeah. Lawson, so many from all over the world. Justin Peters. And it was just amazing that they were able to get all such a huge variety of speakers and mm-hmm. so many well known expositors and, and, men grounded in the word of God. It was just amazing in itself that they had that many come together for one conference to speak. I mean, the the lineup of speakers was even to me bigger than some of the shepherds Mm -hmm. conference lineups that they've had in the past. Oh yeah. um, Going into that, I've got a few questions for Chris tonight when it comes to not only the G3 conference and the shepherd conferences, but Chris has now gone to, quite a few different conferences and we just want to have a conversation about Christian mm-hmm. conferences. Um, and starting out, I'm going to ask you, Chris, um, let, before you do, this was, let, let okay. me, before you do, I, I want to share this cause I don't want to forget it. Um, one of the things about the con- this conference was the, the huge exhibitor hall, but I, there was just one thing and I told these ladies I was going to give them a plug. There is a website called West Eden. It's westeden.co. Ladies, pay attention. This is a women's website for clothing, apparel, prints, greeting cards. And I am telling you, I shared this with Rich. I've been looking at it. There is not one bit of fluff. I mean, it's clearly like the the, the t-shirts, the stickers, the, the, the prints that you put on the wall, the greeting cards. This is all stuff that's, you know, the type of thing that, you know, ladies, you would be interested in. But when is the last time you hung up a sign in your, 
in your kitchen or your living room that said in very feminine script, be killing sin or sin will be killing you, a quote from John Owen. Or uh, to run and work the law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. But better news the gospel brings, it bids us fly and gives us wings. John Bunyan. These are reformed quotes. These are Puritan quotes. On the t-shirts, the this is just some of them here. Um, a mighty fortress is our God. Oh, look, here's one that's the London Baptist 1699 Confession of Faith logo. Um, here's one that says, Look ye saints, the sorrow, the sight is glorious. See the man of sorrows now. From the fight returned victorious, every knee to him shall bow. Ladies, this is a sight that if you're serious about the Christian faith, you're going to find something here. And, and by the way, the greeting cards, this is not, you know, oh, you know, Jesus loves you and he just follow your heart kind of stuff. No, there's Bible verses that actually are contextually appropriate. I'm not kidding. I, I had to give them this shout out. I never, I've never seen this. Light momentary, okay, for, you know, for someone going through a tough time, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. 2 Corinthians 4.17. The inside reads, Praying for you, beloved, that God would give you the faith and grace to persevere through this trial, knowing that it is a light and momentary that is light and momentary when compared to the eternal weight of glory reserved for us. When is the last time you heard a greeting card for somebody going through difficulty that said that and it was biblical? WestEden.co. Ladies, get on there and get these ladies some business. They have t-shirts, embroidered sweaters, greeting cards, bookmarks, pins, prints, keychains, magnets. They even do custom customizable items such as cl uh, clothing and hats and totes um, and they have things for kids by the way they had stuffed animals stuffed animals that at the at this conference had things like you know uh, uh repent and believe and uh you know uh, chosen of god and stuff like that i mean it was amazing solo de soli deo gloria When's the last time you had a sweatshirt with that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When is that the last time you've seen that on a uh, on a stuffed animal? So, ladies, guys, get if your if your lady loves the Bible, get to westeden.co. Okay, that's that's not a paid commercial. They didn't ask me to do that. I just I swore to them. I says I am giving you this plug because I, Rich, I've never seen anything like this. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to thank you because I've been getting bombarded with a wish list from my wife after she saw your post. So th that's, there's no telling welcome, what Suzanne. that's going to end up costing me <laughs> down the road. But, um, it, it had, I have been given several ideas, uh, basically a wish list for Christmas gifts, and there was quite a few things from that website on it. So, yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> but, no, you're, you're right. I, when you sent me the link, I went through reading and looking at it, and I was just blown away. I was too. By how sound the the messages were from the materials on that, and I will admit this: I fell in love with the embroidered <laughs> stuffed animals. Yes, I said that out loud. Yes, I mean it. No, you're not going to take my man card. 
I have grand granddaughters and a, a grandson on the way. So yes, I, I noticed things like that. No, it was but, those were great. I was just absolutely and 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 they embroider them. They will embroider whatever message you want on the stuffed animal. It's cut. It's all customizable. This stuff is amazing. So yes. So we will get to the program now. But I had to share that. I was like, <laughs> this is this is insane. I've never seen anything that where the women's uh, products. Okay, here a stuffed owl. The fear for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I mean, come on. Where, where, what gift apparel and 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 totes and stuff would you get? You can't get this in any Christian bookstore because they won't sell it. WestEden.co. Go shopping. All right, let's talk about the let's talk about conferences. <laughs> well, actually, I'd love to talk some more about this about this <laughs> website. Um, do you know the name of the owner of the website? Uh, let's see. I do not. I think I talked to one of the people helping, but according to ins- the Instagram page, I just looked at it a minute ago. Uh, there, the personal the see the WestEden.co is the Instagram page. And there's a personal Instagram of Rebecca F. Bogle, B-O-G-L-E. So I think that's probably her. So we will have to message them and maybe get her on the show um, and have her talk about her site. So, um, yeah, 1689 London Baptist Confession. Saved by grace. I mean, through faith. I mean, come on. You've got to buy one of those sweaters, guys. Come on. So, (laughs) but yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. But let's, let's talk about G3. Let's talk about conferences. Well, brother, I know you've been to several, like I said a minute ago. Um, one thing that jumped out in my mind is we sort of kind of were discussing what we were going to actually cover on this week's show. But one of the first questions that popped in my mind, I wanted to ask you, what do you get from going to a Christian conference that is different or you may not get from a normal church service? I think that... I was thinking about that earlier when we started talking about doing this as a, as a subject tonight. I think the the unique thing, and and I want to be careful about saying you get you get this, but you don't get it at your local church because I think much depending on the conference you go to, I think much of what happens say at G three, as far as the teaching and the fellowship, you're getting at your local church. What makes it different? than on your Sunday service. And I think that's a key distinction. When you go to, say, like G3, you are spending three days listening to a variety of teachers, basically giving you, I I won't say like a seminary-level education, though in some cases it's very close. You're getting this massive fire hose that you're trying to take a drink from of information, of preaching and teaching and exhortation and it's just this i don't want to say barrage but just this constant feed of of biblical preaching and again this depends on your conference there are some bad conferences out there bad conferences out there but something say like a g3 or a truth matters conference from uh, from grace to you if you get the chance to go if the list didn't sell out in an hour um, but uh which it did i can't, won't be going to that one next year so but if you go to something like that there's this intense focus of 
covering this topic. In this case, G3 this year was on the person of Jesus Christ. So you had teaching after teaching after teaching on the person and character of Christ. So you may have had, you know, you have one teaching on the suffering of Christ. You have another teaching on the, you know, Christ is our healer. By the way, okay, with everybody I went there to listen to, Mike Riccardi, his teaching on Christ as our healer in the sense of salvation as our healing, our healing of our greatest need, comparing the, uh, the, the leper who was vile and filthy and unclean coming to Christ who was willing to make him clean and then it, drawing that comparison between us, the vile, filthy, unclean sinner who comes to Christ who heals us of our disease of sin and gives us salvation. Oh man, Mike Riccardi is absolutely in every way, shape, or form a preacher. When that drops, you got to listen to it. Just loved it. Um, but you're getting that constant flow of teaching, this sound biblical teaching. Now, on a, um, when you're going to church, and, and maybe your church just meets on Sunday morning, or maybe your church meets Sunday evening, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. However, you're getting that constant feed, and you go every Sunday, or you go you know twice a week, or whatever. <clears throat> you're getting that constant feed, and you're being built up. But the difference here is that this is all concentrated in a short period of time and you're getting just boom, 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 fed. It's like going to the uh, the buffet and you're basically being stuffed full with good uh, with good meal. Like, like if you have a good buffet, not the cheap one. But, um, but you're just getting that constant feed of sound biblical preaching. And I think that's unique because you can take a topic like they did and you can, uh, you know, taking the person of Christ and approaching it from multiple angles and you can sit down and you can just be in a constant uh, state of learning and constant state of exhortation and, and just being edified and built up. So that's one of thing that's different than when you're at church. But again, it's still, if you're at a good conference like this one, you're still getting preaching. You're not, you're not, you're not getting, um, just a bunch of feel good messages. So the, the difference is maybe the, the, the type of teaching or preaching and the concentration, but it's still the same thing. One of the things that struck me is because we had, there was a lot of Q and A's and, in those Q and A's, there was a lot of application about what's going on in the world today, uh, things like COVID ma mandates and 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 government overreach and churches being shut down. So those would be part of the Q and A's. But when we got to the 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 lessons, these men were preaching. They they weren't saying, okay, here's a message about Jesus Christ, and let me find a way to a pigeonhole it and shove it into this uh, topic about how to resist a tyrannical government. They were, just, you know, John MacArthur takes you know uh, the Old Testament and he goes in and talks about the suffering servant and saying you know basically going through that passage and talking about this is the first um, you know this is you know this is the the first gospel Isaiah 53 going through all of that and using that to explain this is the first gospel in the Old Testament like this is actually the gospel being preached uh, about the Messiah so, this was not a, a conference 
where you're getting, hey, let's take all the current trendy stuff and talk about that and, and, and jump on that bandwagon. They were preaching to you about Jesus Christ. And it was just a concentration of speakers and hitting all those, the hitting that one topic from all those points. I think that's one thing that makes it a little bit different than when you go to church. I think the other difference is that one of the, the neat things about a conference is the exposure you have to the variety of ministries that exist because of things like the exhibit hall. You get to meet not only schools, you get to meet not only podcasts, but you also get to meet, you know, uh, ministries that are uh, uh, addressing abortion, ministries that are t talking about missions, uh, educational ministries, uh, you know, uh, uh, ministries that are trying to, uh, you know, help homeschoolers or whatnot. So you have this wide variety of ministries that you may not even knew existed, but because you're there and you have opportunity to go through, you get to learn about them and meet these individuals and learn what they do and possibly either benefit or help them benefit others. And while, a, a, you know, most churches always have, you know, ministries that they want to help support or will educate their, their, uh, their congregants about, you're never going to see that wide a variety of sound ministries. And again, I'm going to qualify this by saying a good sound biblical conference, because there are conferences, you got to be real careful about who they let in the door. It's it's hit and miss. So go ahead, brother. Let me let me interrupt you for a moment. Yeah. Do you know anywhere on the G three website or an associated website that has a list of all the vendors that were present at the G three conference? Because it just kind of dawned on me that that would be really good if there was a list of all the vendors in the event that a listener or church <laughs> might want to support or you know, study under or, you know, take advantage of the resources offered by some of the vendors that were at G3 because um, knowing the, the men and women that were in attendance and the ones that were putting on the conference, I seriously doubt they would have led a questionable ministry in the door and set up in the, in the um, exhibitor hall. So I was just curious if you know of anywhere that someone could go and find a list of the vendors that were present. You know, I'm looking at their website right now. I do not see a list. I will say, however, I would go to g3min.org, g3min.org, and sign up for their newsletter because since the uh, G3 conference started and then has you know, since concluded and continued to go forward, I have been getting emails about various ministries that were there. <clears throat> Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I do not see anything that listed all the various uh, ministries that were present. But uh, I, I, you will at least get some of that information. Um, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I don't see anything that specifically mentions them. And I don't recall ever having seen it prior to going either. It was... Uh, uh, you know, some of that was information that became available once you got there. There were the, the cat, uh, well, not catalog, but the kind of, uh, program flyer information. And so some of that information was, was on there as well. But to the best of my knowledge, I don't think they actually have a, 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 a list. And so, Hey, Virgil, it, you know, like you got time. Uh, if you think about it, maybe put those, you know, those on the website, that'd be really helpful, brother. Uh, yeah, like he's listening, but, <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, that that was one of the the other advantages. I mean, things like that West Eden website that I told you about, and uh, we mentioned earlier, I, I I'd never heard of it. And so going to there and getting to meet those uh, individuals and knowing that this store existed, uh, what it what an awesome you know opportunity to learn about things that exist that many of us if we're looking for Christian T-shirts and we plug that in, we're going to get so much garbage we're going to give up and say I quit. But <laughs> you go to this and you get to meet it. You get to meet these people. They have their products there. But if you don't, if you don't have their, uh, you want to get something then, or they don't have what you're looking for, you can go to their website. And so that was what I did is because I I would like to get something for my wife, but I wasn't sure what she would really like. I, and it's not that I don't know what she likes, guys, by the way. There was just such a variety. What would she be most interested in? So I brought it home so she could see it. And that's one of the other benefits. I think the 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 last benefit that I would say, minus the bookstore, which always has great discounts, wow, was it hard to restrain myself, uh, <laughs> was the fellowship with believers that in many cases I would never have the opportunity to meet. Uh, the one beautiful thing about the cesspool that is Twitter and Facebook and other things is be the ability to meet like-minded believers virtually and at least develop some kind of uh, friendships online. But the sweet fellowship of meeting with you know dozens upon dozens, and some of you were so kind to come up and talk to me and you know, just say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I follow you on Twitter, or we listen to the podcast. You guys were so kind and so amazing. And I took the reason I took so many pictures, Rich, was because I wanted to be able to say, I saw this person, I met this person. This is somebody who follows us or interacts with us and cares about what we're saying and doing. And I wanted that memory to be able to, to hold on to that. And so, what it, you know, and for me, I was like ADHD squirrel. And so I feel bad because there were some cases I may have been trying to get somewhere and somebody would stop me and I talked to him for like 30 seconds and then be on my way. Other times, you. If if in any way, and I don't get the impression I did, but if in any way it felt like I was being short, I am a terrible introvert. <laughs> so as much as I wanted to meet everybody, it was like talking to you for 30 seconds may have been enough to go, okay, I'm ready to move on. That's 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 me. I got to get over that. I, and so if I in any way made someone feel like I wasn't interested in talking, believe me, I was. I was grateful to meet every one of you. I've got some personality quirks I got to work through. But um. But that's that's the difference. But the thing about it is that's not that those those are differences. They aren't something that is per se better. Because when you go to your your church service on Sunday, number one, your pastor is spending all week pouring over the message, knowing about you, knowing about your issues in your home, your issues at work, your issues in your family life. And he's praying over his message and preparing his message with you and everyone in that congregation on his mind. Hopefully so. There are some churches well, where I question that, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, go ahead, brother. Well, it, at this point, you've gone to what, two shepherds conferences or three? Uh, no, one shepherds conference. I was supposed to go earlier this year, and thanks to the hijinks of California, that got canceled. That's how I actually ended up going to G3, but I am scheduled for 2022 to go to, to that shepherds conference. Well, based on the fact that you have attended one shepherds conference and now the G3 conference, I know originally the shepherds conference was designed to be for pastors mm -hmm. from the 
from the men at grace to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years it has grown to be basically, you know, if a, a conference for men to attend with other like-minded men, it basically, it has really, really grown, but where just to put it in perspective, shepherd's conference is really designed more for pastors and teachers and ministry leaders and G3 is really more, it's open for basically mm-hmm. anyone, you know, men, women, anyone. Um, as far as the messages you heard and what you experienced, what would you say would be the primary difference between going to like Shepherd's Conference versus a G3 conference? I, I would say like, for example, I mean, you, you made a point of addressing the intent of the Shepherd's Conference. Well, Shepherd's Conference, as you said, it originally started primarily just pastors, and it has since expanded. It's, uh, it's basically any man interested in going and uh, and paying the cost and traveling there can go. And and this is where I can hear some, some, some ladies are probably bristling, why only men? Because its intent is still for the leadership of the church, for the teachers and preachers and the lay leaders in the church. And so when you go there, the messages and um, the breakout sessions and stuff are designed around that. For example, when I went in 2019 uh, to Shepherd's Conference, they actually had, um, I I didn't get to attend this one because I was uh, in a different one. They actually had a breakout session for churches that have like some sort of... uh, safety or security ministry. So if you have people that monitor the doors, kind of keep an eye on things, if some sort of emergency breaks out in the church um, and you have a ministry of, of members, if everybody, if anybody ever remembers the time, the charismatic that hated John MacArthur's cessationism jumped up on the stage to say, you're in error, John, Ca- uh, John MacArthur, you're in error. Yeah, the people that ran rushing up, that, that they have a security ministry. So some churches have that. And so they had a breakout session specifically for that. Uh, I sat in on a kind of elders and deacons uh, session because I was with some men. Who, and, and I realized this really doesn't apply to me because I really don't fit and I don't do this role. But Phil Johnson and one of the other elders of the church were talking about the functions uh, that they do there at Grace Community Church. And so this is how we do things. This is how it can be morphed to how you do things in your church in addressing, you know, how do we deal with, you know, maybe a family that's it's no longer attending the church? Uh, how do we deal with the, you know, um, maintaining contact with, you know, people who are going through times of difficulty? I mean, that was the whole breakout session. They were, it was almost a little bit Q&A, but it was, it was a lot of uh, just, this is, these are things to take in consideration. So, the sessions, while preaching and teaching, definitely, they were geared toward equipping pastors, teachers, elders, deacons, etc. for ministering to the body. So there's a focus there. And I'll tell you something, it was an amazing experience, and I'm looking forward to going again next year, to be able to see this, um, this church minister to men who are intent upon serving Christ by serving the body of Christ. And their whole goal was to equip them and to send them back into their churches 
with more information and more tools to do the job that they do every single week of the year. And so that is the focus of a of a of a pastor's conference such as Shepherd's Conference. Now you take and you go over to something like a Truth Matters conference or a a G3 conference, the entire intent of that is to edify, equip and educate the body of Christ on a specific topic. So in this case G3 was the was the person of Christ. And so you have people coming there and this is okay, I, I'll say this that I said to a lot of people at G3. I never want to hear from anyone. Oh no, we we have to tailor the message to the felt needs of the people. That's how we get more people in the door. There were 6500 people who came to the G3 conference to specifically hear about the uh, the character, the nature, and person of Jesus Christ. And every preacher there was there preaching exegetically from the scriptures. Don't you ever have the, uh, the, the gall to tell me the only way you can get people in the door is to compromise the word of God. You are lazy and you are foolish if you are a preacher in the pulpit and you think that you have to change the message to bring bodies in the door. 6,500 people in attendance. And it's not about the numbers because guess what? They're doing this biannually now. They want to keep the focus on the local church. They don't want the church to have to compete with this conference. So they're doing it every other year now. They're going to have a smaller regional conference Next year, they're only letting 700 people in the door. Okay, and guess what? I guarantee you that'll fill up real fast because people want to come in and they want to hear the sound preaching of the Word of God. So get off my soapbox for a second. But <laughs> but the, uh, the difference is that you have people who are being much like you would hear a preacher on a Sunday morning expositing the Word, breaking it down, and, and helping the, the lay person understand, as they should, that's what's happening at something like a G3 or a Truth Matters conference so that when the people leave, they are built up in the Word of God. And so that's what was happening at G3, and I know that's what happens at Truth Matters conference. Um, so, it, again, all of this is qualified under a biblical conference. A lot of bad conferences out there. A lot of bad conferences. So this is, we are not speaking about, uh, you know, a pastor's conference and a, 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 you know, a general layperson's conference in a general sense. We're talking about in a very specific sense. But that would be, I think, the big difference is, in one sense, you are trying to equip pastors with not only equip them, but edify them and encourage them to go back and serve their uh, their their um, their their congregations. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Um, so that they continue to do the job well, versus a more public conference where we're going to educate you, preach to you, edify you, and build you up so and equip you so you can go serve with greater understanding of the word and of the of the God that you serve. I would say that would probably be the difference. Well, brother, I know, like I said, you've been to several, and especially I know of maybe what two this year. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, in the scope of our 
title of our show is what is the point of Christian conferences? And, and you gave a lot of good information and a lot of positive aspects. Let's shift gears for just mm-hmm. a minute. Based on the ones that you've been to and have experienced, heard about and everything else, what are some negative aspects of all these different Christian conferences that we keep seeing mm-hmm. being organized and presented each year? I, I, there's I, that's actually a great question, and I think it's one that we don't talk about enough. It's something that I've thought about previously. Conferences are a great tool, but that's all they should be is a tool. The problem, I think, one of the problems with conferences, even really good conferences, is it it can it can prop up as if it is a necessity that parachurch ministries and conferences need to exist. When you have this wonderful experience of three or four days of biblical teaching from preachers around the the, uh, the world, um, and you're fellowshipping with other saints, you can you can prop up this idea that we need to have this. The truth of the matter is, the Christian uh, church has existed with two thousand for two thousand years, and conferences and parachurch ministries are relatively recent inventions, as far as history goes. You know, the church grew without a single conference from the you know the birth of the church up through the Reformation and beyond, and it grew through the worst of times and uh, through persecution, through plagues, through wars, and not, not, a, not a single parachurch ministry or conference was necessary. If you had a gathering of the saints, it's, it was usually a church council to respond to heresy. So um, we don't need them. They they are a great tool. Just like this podcast is not an and it's not a necessary it has no need to exist. God allows us to do this podcast. He is gracious to allow us to do this podcast. He occasionally uses this podcast to help someone. Uh by the way Charles Simpson, you blew my mind that you not only told me what episodes you've been listening to but that they actually helped you. My word, brother, you humbled me. Thank you. And I know he's going to hear that because he listens. Um, but the fact that he that these entities exist and people go to them and we have this wonderful time, we can almost see it as a necessity. And what what would happen tomorrow? I mean, we were all heartbroken when, when Shepherd's Conference was canceled this year. I was upset, not with... Uh, with uh, grace to you, not with the church, not with MacArthur, not at all. I was upset with California because of the nonsense. Well, here's the thing. What if Shepherd's Conference could never meet again? What if it could never bring pastors from around the world? God is still faithful. God is still equipping his body. God still maintains his uh, word, and he still equips pastors. It, it, so what if you don't have a Shepherd's Conference? Okay, so what if there's never another G3? What if it ends all tomorrow? What if the COVID tyranny uh, that we're watching going around the world right now shuts it all down? If we begin Brother, to... Uh, okay. I want to... I just want to interrupt you for a minute. I want to... You said that something just jumped out of my mind. I wanted to point out. Keep in mind, in China, a mm-hmm. Christian conference would never be allowed. Of it course. would be completely against the law. Mm-hmm. In fact... Brothers and sisters meeting together with one page of the Bible could literally be arrested and maybe put to death mm-hmm. today in 2021. We're, we're, we, we tend to forget, living in America, we tend to forget this. We tend to forget that 
real persecution, I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. full-blown per- biblical persecution, is going on right now. So things like Christian conferences, our local church, being able to do this podcast, so many, many things, we take for granted that brothers and sisters around the world are just clinging together in hopes of being able to have one service where the local police don't rush in with machine guns wanting to arrest or kill everyone. That's something we have got to keep in mind and value and understand the blessing that we have being able to come together, whether it be a conference or podcast or the local church assembly, what a blessing it is to be able to come together with like-minded brothers and sisters and worship the Lord and be able to do these things at the moment, still in a country to where it is completely legal. We're not having to sneak around and have people out watching to make sure someone's not coming over the hill with, with the tank or Jeep and machine mm-hmm. guns or police vehicles. That's just something I wanted to make sure and remind people we cannot take the grace that the Lord blesses us with, we cannot take it for granted. And sadly, in today's world, far too many people take it for granted. I mean, you had 6,500 brothers and sisters come to this conference. Um, Sadly, in local churches, and I'm talking biblical churches around the country, you know, if if, uh, on any given sermon or any given service, you know, if they get 20 or 30 people to show up in attendance, that is a great day. Mm-hmm. But that just goes to show overall, American Christianity takes so much for granted, assuming that all these freedoms will still be here tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. I think one of the other negatives about conferences and, and parachurch ministries that, that put them together uh, Josh Bice was talking about you know how G3 Ministries is a parachurch ministry. It's born out of a conference that his church put on, and it's grown to a size where they want to do more to help local churches. But one of the things he's, he has pointed out is that he want he would love it if they no longer needed to exist. And the, his reason for that is that it is about the local church. The problem with parachurch ministries, the problem with conferences and the like is that they're not they're they're not something that's prescribed by scripture the local church is is what we see the, as the focus of so much of the epistles and the teachings of the apostles throughout the the new testament there's nothing about putting together a parachurch ministry. Now, you know, somebody might argue, well, you had the apostles going on missions and planting churches and then coming back and checking up on them. That's a little bit different, but I can see where you would try to make that argument. I would argue that's not the case. That you still can't qualify that as a parachurch ministry. Um, not that I've heard that, but I'm just thinking that's possibly how someone might try to argue it. But the simple fact is, it is the local church that we see again and again and again being discussed throughout the New Testament. So parachurch ministry is not something that's a biblical office. So when you have a parachurch ministry, if your focus is not to come along and support the local church, if your parachurch ministry grows to the point where it's about about the parachurch ministry, you are competing with the local church. 
And so the problem with conferences is you may have 6,500 people that want to be part of this really big conference and hear these really awesome speakers that they would never get to uh, hear from unless it's online or on a video or something like that. They get to hear them. But how often are those people going to church on Sunday? How often are those people giving that kind of energy and attention to their own pastors? How You're putting all this energy and time and money to go to a conference. How much of that is being poured into your local church? So as great as a conference is, if its focus is not to be a tool and support of the local church, it becomes competitive with the local church. And now you are, I, I believe, unfairly burdening the local church to be like that parachurch ministry, to be like that conference. There's got to be that wow factor. There, you got to have these guest speakers coming in. You got to get into all these hot button topics or issues. You've got to have all these books. You got to have all this stuff. That is absolutely an unfair burden upon the local church, the elders and pastors who faithfully serve every week. You should be more energetic to be part of your local body as you are to go to a, a, a church or be part, you know, participate in something put on by a parachurch ministry. And, and if you have created, and I'll tell you something, there, there were parachurch ministries that at one time when they came, when they were created, like <clears throat> to, together <clears throat> for the gospel <clears throat> uh, or uh, <clears throat> gospel <clears throat> coalition, um, who they seem to be like these great entities that came together central to for with their central point being the gospel. And they've become an entity unto themselves and now decry local churches who take certain stances, who kind of war against a pastor who might keep his church open or you know, decry pastors who t teach their people uh, social justice is a bad thing and stuff. So now you've got a parachurch ministry that exists for itself, no longer supporting the church, but is now demanding local churches acquiesce to their standard. And so the that's, I think, one of the biggest problems and one of the biggest ditches that a, a, a conference or a parachurch ministry has is that it can be a you know not only a competitor to the local church, but it can actually draw people away. So if you're if you're if the design of your conference and your ministry is not about supporting the local church, if you could if you couldn't say I'll pack this up today if we, if it looks like we have drawn people away from the local church, we're done. We're not gonna we're not gonna take from the local. If you're not willing to do that, you, you got to question the why you why you exist. Now that's not to say that they don't you know parachurch ministries don't have a use. One of the things that Josh Bice and, and the others during Q and A were talking about was how they they don't they they don't want parachurch ministry to exist, but there are things that churches either are ill-equipped to do or have not been equipped to do or or, or or supplied with, so they exist to help those churches. If they could get the churches to do these things and be self-sufficient and moving forward, I think Josh Bice would pack it up tomorrow. G3 Ministries would be done tomorrow. And I think that's a healthy way to look at it. And I, I'm grateful for that attitude. But I think the idea of it, this kind of mountaintop experience that everybody wants to run to and uh, you know, and, 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 and everybody thinks now it needs to exist and the, uh, the, the great potential 
for making it a competitor to the local church rather than a, a, a tool that is supportive of the local church. I think those are two great possible ditches that churches, uh, these ministries can face. That's a great answer, brother. Um, since we're on the negative side of this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I have no ill feelings or ill regards towards Shepherd's Conference or G3, but I will make a statement and I will ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I've noticed myself, not, not, I, I'm, don't, I don't mention any particular Shepherd's or, G, or this G3 conference, I'm making a generalized observation. I've not had the I've not been blessed to be able to attend one of these giant conferences like mm-hmm. you have. I have been to some smaller ones over the years focused on a specific issue. But based on what you saw, what you heard, the books you saw available, mm-hmm. the resources you saw available, I'm going to first make a comment then mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question. I have noticed watching videos from some conferences and and when i say some conferences i'm talking biblically sound conferences Mm -hmm. like this particular g3 that you know magnificent sermons that really magnified the glory of christ and the cross and the bible and the word of god but i've noticed something that bothers me Mm -hmm. is a complete wasted opportunity to be encouraging the brothers and sisters to be out proclaiming the gospel that they speak about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed a trend, especially over the last few years, that there's a lot of sermons, a lot of preaching about the Bible, you know, exposed in Scripture, talking about the cross, talking about Christ, talking about the resurrection, all of these things, but they fail to encourage the very thing that Christ came and died mm-hmm. for, which is the gospel. And, you know, a person is not saved from sin by, you know, ABC. We know it's by Christ, through Christ, for Christ. Mm -hmm. But like I said, one thing I have noticed is a waste, what I consider a wasted opportunity in some of these not encouraging the brethren Mm -hmm. to be out proclaiming the gospel or handing out tracts or leaving tracts or engaging in conversations. Based on your observation from the conferences you've been to, have you noticed this, or have you noticed something completely different? Have Have you experienced encouragement in the way of evangelism and, and people speaking about evangelism and speaking about not only about Christ, but explaining the necessity of evangelism mm-hmm. and encouraging and admonishing the brethren to be about evangelism? I, I think it's going to depend on the focus of what the— the uh, the particular theme of the conference is going to be. Now, in this case, you had a lot of pastors up there preaching about Christ and about the gospel and the necessity of the gospel. And from what I understand, Paul Washer basically may have single-handedly caused a lot of people to question their their social media usage um, because he said something to the effect, I believe, of uh, you know ha- ha- you know compare your social media use time to your prayer time over the course of a week. And I think there was a collective uh, <laughs> during that sermon. But so there was a, a, a um, I believe, a an emphasis, maybe not specifically saying go out and do evangelism, but the need for the proclamation of the gospel. Because I walked out of there going, oh, I need to share the gospel with somebody. And I remember getting in my Uber and 
I'm out of practice in a, in 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 the form of trying to approach a stranger and talk about the gospel. I'm sitting there trying to, how do I get there? And I'm trying to find a way and it's not getting there. And then, so God in his pity, um, <laughs> on my way back on my flight from LA to Reno, uh, sat me next to a gentleman who took one look at the book I was reading, which was Virgil and Daryl's book and asked me what I was reading. And it turned out God basically put on a, on, on, on a T-ball tee, a guy desperately trying to get questions answered about, about the Christian faith because he used to go to church as a kid but didn't understand the point. Now he doesn't. And now he's got all these questions in his mind. So I spent an hour witnessing to this guy because of Daryl and Virgil's book. So God was just like, okay, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'll give you this guy. <laughs> so, But there was a burden on my heart in that res- coming out of there because of the focus upon the gospel, the necessity of the gospel, um, that I think in the preaching and teaching of that was present. Um, was there a specific sermon that says you need to do X, Y, and Z and engage all these people? I would say, no, there wasn't that. So I, I think that's a, that's a valid, um, point, but at the same time, when you're, if your subject matter is, is specifically on the person of Christ, as it was in this case, you're equipping people with the gospel message and they're leaving there with the desire to share the gospel. And, uh, and when, of course, anytime you bring in Paul Washer, that's going to happen. Um, but so that was the case. Now you take like a shepherd's conference. What are you equipping? You're, uh, you're equipping pastors to preach and teach to the people in the congregation. So you may not have in that one, a massive emphasis on say street evangelism or, uh, you know, you, you as pastors need to be going out and doing evangelism. What you're doing is you're equipping those people to go back and equip their people. So their focus is a little bit different. But yeah, that that is a risk, is that you can go there for great teaching. And if there isn't a... We need to remember, remind these people that you may learn a lot of great things here today, but there's a whole world out there that desperately needs the gospel. If we fail to do that, if we fail to make that at least part of the, the teaching and preaching, we can let people leave and be really fulfilled and really edified and built up. But what are they doing with it? And I, I, I don't, I, I would say from the pastoral care to the preaching of the scriptures and the and the centrality of the gospel in so much of that, there was, I think, a push in this particular instance to for people to be not only consumers of the word, but out there also, you know, sharing and proclaiming. I think that was, I think that was built into what was being preached. Bingo. I, I love your answer. Um, this kind of drifts away from tonight's topic a little bit, but I've noticed over the last two or three years, um, I, I, I sign up and I get a lot of the same newsletters you do and follow a lot of the same ministries and, and different churches and everything. And, you know, books upon books upon books come out month after month after month. I've noticed a com- huge decline in the amount of books that are being put out mm-hmm. about evangelism or, you know, about teaching, about proclaiming the gospel, or addressing questions and things along these lines. Do you think, because of all these issues about social justice and CRT, that evangelism has kind of gotten pushed to the side? Because you know as well as I do, um, even among biblical Christians, evangelism, sadly, 
falls at the bottom of the list mm-hmm. of things to do most of the times. Do you think we have allowed all these other issues to get in the way of actually being about the business of the church when it comes to proclaiming the gospel? I, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, certainly what has happened in the last year or two as more people have been awakened to what, and I think it was John MacArthur that said that he saw social justice as the greatest threat to the church in our current history. As more people are becoming aware of that, they're seeking out that information. So you have this kind of vacuum of information that need, that people see and they want to fill it and they want to equip people. So one of the is, the problems with uh, with hot button topics of the day is when the materials come out, that's what everybody wants to learn about. That's what the publishers may or may not want to put out. Um, ask Vody Balcom about how excited everybody was about his book, Fault Lines, to, to publish. But so um, there's this vacuum that's there, and so we want to fill it with information. And so there's always that risk that you can push something else necessary off to the side it's not that the books aren't there or that people aren't wor- uh, writing them. I mean, I walked through the bookstore and I saw uh, books that uh, caught my attention. That, um, uh, like, one of them was uh, I'm looking, I'm trying to look at my list of uh, the books I purchased right now. One of them is uh, Costi Hinn's book, More Than a Healer, talking about you know Jesus Christ isn't just a physical healer, and that's that's going to be an important book. But what's occupying everybody's attention right now you know um matthew barrett just put out simply trinity it was actually a book i wanted to read because i read his book on the attributes of god and it was a really fantastic book even though it's a little bit you know kind of a little bit more top shelf not i wouldn't say like an academic work a little bit more you got to wrap your brain around but it was understandable well, simply Trinity is is going to be on the topic of the Trinity, and I'm, I was anxious to get that. So, those are important books, and there are books out there that talk about the the necessity and purpose of evangelism and, pro, and proclaiming the gospel. But what is getting the attention? What's being highlighted? What's being promoted? Now, I got there were three books that I got for free, and not one of them was a. Um, I'm trying to reach up to my shelf here. Um, oh, great. Okay, maybe I won't reach up to my shelf because uh, I just unplugged my own <laughs> headset. Hold on a second here. Ugh. This is what happens when you do things from home, people. That's why we say don't try this from home because we do, and it doesn't always go well. Um, <laughs> but there were three books on uh, you know, the, the Dawn of Redeeming Grace, which was uh, Sinclair Ferguson. I mean, it's a book on the grace of Christ. You got a, uh, There was an R.C. Sproul book and a couple others. Not one of them was a book on social justice. So the books are there. It's just what is being highlighted, what what uh, what is being promoted, what is the the attention span of the local body of Christ. And I think that's where we have to be careful. If we want to share this information, we want to bring in people who speak on these issues. We just have to be careful not to neglect the other commands of scripture, primarily that being of proclaiming the gospel. So is that a risk? Is that happen? I think to, to a certain extent, yes. I just would say that it the books, it's not that the books aren't there. 
I just think it's what's getting our collective attention, and that's that's a duty upon the local churches and Christians themselves not to get so distracted by the the hot topics of the day, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I have one thing to say, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. I have one more question for you, but I would like to encourage our listeners. There are literally thousands of great biblically sound books out there, but keep in mind, no matter what, mm-hmm. whether like that book you were talking about being on the Trinity, all of that can be used to help proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. because the more you know, the more you understand about Christ and about the Bible, the more equipped you will be to be able to proclaim the gospel and explain in greater detail questions that do come up. And also, um, I just recently went through a series of lectures. It was on apologetics and, and answering and addressing questions and objections. Not once, and these, and I won't go into any details, but it was some very godly men that were conducting these lectures. But not once did they ever explain the simplicity of when someone asks you a question, it is completely okay to say, I don't know. It is not a sin to admit you don't know the answer to a question. More times than not, if someone asks you a question, it's really to get you off track and get you on a, a rabbit trail on a different subject. But just remember, when it comes to evangelism and apologetics and discussing things of Christ, if you don't know, just be honest and say, I don't know. People will respect and respond to that more than some, you know, 10-minute long non-answer. Just be honest and say, I don't know, and get their contact information. And if they're really, truly interested in searching out these answers, work through it with them. That will provide another opportunity down the road to discuss the things of Christ with them. So no matter what the topic du jour happens to be, just remember that with all of these books, you can always use that and refocus it back on evangelism and on the gospel of Christ. That's just something I kind of wanted to put out there and remind people. Um, I got into a really weird conversation recently with someone that turned out to be a hyper-Calvinist. And (laughs) if you don't know what that term means, no, it does not mean a Calvinist that's jittery and excited. (laughs) It's got a lot of deeper, deeper terminology and meaning. Uh, Tim Challies wrote a very good article. Uh, I don't remember when, but you could find it. Just type in hyper-Calvinist Tim Challies that really broke down and explained the different aspects of hyper-Calvinism. One of the key components of that being that they don't think that there's a need to be evangelizing, that in God's sovereignty, if someone's meant to be saved, they're going to be saved, and that we don't have to be out proclaiming the gospel. Um, There's some truth to that, yes, in God's sovereignty, he will save whom he will save, but evangelism is a blessing reserved for Christians here on earth. It's a blessing that will not be needed or available once we're in heaven. And sadly, that, along with many other blessings, are neglected while we're on earth. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a really a show, entire show f- for another mm-hmm. time. Um, and I know we're running late already, but there's <laughs> one more question I really wanted to ask you to kind of sum up tonight's conversation. Um, and, and 
I'm not going to ask you how many different sermons you listened to while you were at G3. Probably <laughs> most of them. Probably don't remember <laughs> a bunch of them. But is there anything, any one thing in particular that you could say that you learned at the G3 conference that maybe you wasn't quite aware of or you didn't have a deep grasp of understanding prior to attending? Or is there anything, one thing in particular that, that you took away from this conference that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, let, before I answer it, let me just say one thing. You were talking about reading books and, and, and evangelism and such. Charles Spurgeon once said, visit many good books but live in the Bible. No matter whether there's every, every good book on evangelism out there or there's a handful or there's books like some of the free ones that I got. I find I found them without unplugging myself. Um, R.C. Sproul's <laughs> "Save Save from What," uh, "Alive: How the Resurrection of Christ Changes Everything" by Gabriel uh, Fleur. Uh, "Mysterious Ways: Providence of God in the Life of Joseph." These are not evangelism books, but every one of them touches on something that it will equip you to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ even more, and you can take from that and apply it. So you can have great books and you can be informed, but like Charles Spurgeon says, live in the Bible. Your greatest resource is the scriptures. That is what brings us to salvation. You know, how will they, uh, how, how will they hear unless someone preaches, right? What, what are we preaching from? The word of God. So live in the Bible. Visit the books, learn from them, but live in the scriptures. So to answer the other question... Um, Anything I didn't have a grasp on, I, I I would have to really think about that one. Um, what I will say is I think the beauty of Christ and what he did was probably what I walked away. The, it, it's funny. I mean, when before I was going down, I think you had asked me who's somebody I'm, I'm really anxious to listen to. And I, I said, Vody Balcom. But honestly, as, as, as wonderful it was to hear him, and by the way, he's a mountain of a man. <laughs> he big. I got to shake his hand. I'm glad he didn't squeeze hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as beautiful and wonderful as his sermon was, it was Mike Riccardi's sermon that I still think about. That picture, I, and I've never thought about it in the way that he taught he, he taught it, but it absolutely, absolutely is representative of the gospel. When Christ heals the leprous man who comes to him and says, if you will, you can heal me. And Christ says, I will be healed. And so it was Christ's desire to heal this man. And here was an individual that by the very dictates of the law, he took us through the law in Leviticus talking about what leprosy was, what was the commands of God with regard to leprosy. You, you, you had to be separated from everyone. You were unclean. Nobody could touch you. Nobody could be near you. You had to announce that you were unclean. You had to stay away. This man had no right to even come near Christ. Yet he comes before him knowing 
that if it is God's, if Christ's will to do so, he will heal him. There's no question. Christ, would, as, a, you know, as a rabbi, as a teacher, would have, he knew the law. He knew you weren't to touch somebody. So what does he do? By his word, heals this man and then touches him. Imagine that moment. This, this man, for who knows how long, had lived with this skin-deadening disease that he can convey just by touching someone, could not have human touch, could not be near people, was vile in every way, had no right to be anywhere. And yet, because of the mercy of Christ, is healed and restored. And this beautiful picture of the gospel played out right there. That because of our uncleanness, because of our sin, we have no right to come before Christ. None. And yet, because of his mercy, we are made clean. We are made righteous. And we are, we can be before our Savior and be with him for eternity. I still think about that sermon. Because every other sermon I heard was great. And I'll be honest with you, it was like taking a drink. I took my iPad there. I had my Notability app out. I'm copying and I'm trying to write stuff down. And I'll be honest with you, I got a little distracted because I wanted to shoot out all the quotes and stuff too so people could see how great this conference was and stuff. So I was really bad at being a good note taker. And after a while, I finally, <laughs> gave, finally gave up. Um, and I just listened. So my attention spans like the, a goldfish these days. And so I don't remember a lot of what was there. And I'm going to have to download all these and re-listen to them again. But that sermon was the one that I took away, that I just walked away with, that I cannot forget. The beauty of the gospel portrayed in the healing of this man. And if there was anything I took away from that was just the beauty of Christ. I think every... Every person, every man that was up there preaching wanted us to get our eyes focused on Christ. Which, by the way, when I got back, immediately pulled a Peter and looked at the wind and the waves for the last week. I was at a, <laughs> I had a rough week. Um, immediately got my eyes on the wind and the waves. So we got to be careful about you know laughing at Peter because, boy, did I pull a Peter this week. Um, but they wanted us to walk away with Christ ever present in our eyes. And I can't imagine a better way to do it than thinking about Mark, Mike Riccardi's message. Um, and I, 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 I'm telling you, when you guys, everybody's going to want to say, listen to Lawson, listen to Washer, listen to this, uh, MacArthur. Uh, and, and MacArthur, by the way, shots fired. Oh my goodness. MacArthur said two things that I thought was just absolutely fantastic. I got to tell you this. Number one was during the Q&A. And I forget what the question was. But he just at one point he goes, by the way, Zoom church is not church. And you could feel the ooh as everybody heard. Because this is what we were, we've been dealing with for the last year, a year and a half. Because everybody said, well, shut down your churches. Be a good neighbor, Romans 13. Uh, you know, love your neighbor, blah, blah, blah. And so you can do church from Zoom. MacArthur, Zoom church is not church. <laughs> that was shot number one. 
And then number two was when he was talking about, and, and I wish I could remember the passage because I'm trying to pull this from memory, where it says, you know, my people are are, are led by women and children. And, and, and God speaking of Israel, kind of, kind of talking about how bad it had gotten in Israel. And then MacArthur, <laughs> MacArthur being just so, so pointed. He says, Look at our our our, uh, our nation today. Our vice president is a woman, and our ch- uh, our president is a child. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa! That was a full throated battleship barrage. <laughs> Duck incoming. So I mean, you're gonna hear, listen to all those. But if there's one I can encourage you to to listen to, is it's Mike Riccardi's message. I was just. It really hit home about how beautiful the gospel is and what we are and what we deserve versus what we've received. So that that was one thing I walked away with. That's awesome. That just sounds so amazing. Um, I definitely will have to listen to that one once they get all of the presentations posted. Mm-hmm. Do you know a timetable of when... They've estimated when they will have all of them loaded. Uh, according to the G3 Ministries Facebook page the other day, they should be loading them up over the course of this next month. So I would say <clears> it's, <throat> so. It's been about a week since the uh, since the conference ended. So I would start saying look toward the latter part of this month. I think we'll probably start seeing. If I remember correctly, typically you'll see the plenary sessions, the main sessions loaded first. And uh, by the way, get the G3 app. You know, if you put it on your cell phone, put it on your 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 tablet or whatnot, that's where you're going to see them come up first. And then I think it's so it's usually the main sessions, then the breakout sessions usually follow that. If I remember what happened last time, and then the YouTube videos will eventually start popping up on the website. So um, I would if if you are a um, well, of course, you're a, a smartphone user. You're listening to the show. Uh, I would <laughs> get the G3 app and, and and get your notifications turned on. And you should start seeing when those start becoming available, those notifications should pop up and let you know that those are, are, are going to be coming in. But I would definitely get that app. That's going to be the fastest way you find out. And I'm one of these guys. I hate having like a billion apps on my phone. So if you're like me and you don't want an app, another yet another app that's going to give you more notifications, I get it. Uh, I, I, I got about two thirds of my iPhone filled up with and I looked at it one day. I'm like, how is it this many? How are these apps holding so much space? I don't really have that many but i had more than i think um but i, I would definitely recommend do that you're that's the way you're going to find out sooner but um definitely a, a, a really good conference and i just i know i'm going to get smacked for missing <laughs> people are tired how did you miss washer's message <laughs> well real I, I, i'm gonna ask you to squeeze one more in sure. real quick um if you could speak directly to the organizers of these conferences what would be one thing that you would like to suggest to them to make these conferences even better? More comfortable chairs. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I just, those chairs were killing me. And that was just because that's what I think the conference center had available. Um, how to make them better. I, I, in this particular instance, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you would do. I think Josh Bice and Virgil and now Scott Aniel who's uh who's uh now like uh one of the vp folks over there i forget his position sorry scott um 
I already got I already got Scott to like give me the the side eye on that one. Um, on the first Q and A, they they kind of they threw one together on the night before that was open to anybody that could come in. I accidentally was trying to identify all the people that were in the Q and A. Somebody asked from the picture I posted, and I accidentally um, labeled Scott Anniel as James Coates. <laughs> And then when I heard him refer to him by name, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I tag and I said, sorry, sorry. It's been a long day. I've been flying all day. It's Scott Anniel, not James Coates. And Scott Anniel just responds, dude. <laughs> so, and now I'm forgetting what position he was in. Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm sorry, Scott. Um, but I, I don't know what you could per se do differently because they brought in a ton of people to hear the preaching and teaching of the word. And they gave you access to resources and materials that are all backing that up. So the, I, I, to me, I, I don't know what you could do differently. Um, but I, I, what I would say is, um, Maybe the big thing is just, you know, and this just comes with because you have now such a much bigger conference, the crowds were kind of crazy. And so maybe some of the organization and how people got to their seats or how your breakout sessions were set up and, uh, you know, maybe just to help control some of that flow. But that's logistical stuff. Um, but I think they're trying to work on some of that because I now their, their big conferences are going to be every other year. And their smaller regional conferences are going to be in the intervening years. They're they're doing uh, exegetical uh, preaching workshops and spreading those out around the country throughout uh, various times of the year. So I'm like, how how do you improve on that? I, I don't know. I, I I couldn't. You know, that's why Virgil's the uh, you know the head of operations, I, and and I'm just the guy that shows up and gets to to, to bask in all the wonderful teaching. Um, <laughs> but I I would say you know keep Keep working on it, keep refining it, and, and keep the the focus on this being a a conference that's about supporting the local church. Just don't let it become what things like T4G and, and uh, Gospel Coalition and stuff have done. This is not an entity into itself. Uh, don't let it become that. I, I that would be my that would be my admonition, and I don't think they will. Not as long as I mean, it was Tom Buck that put out on. Twitter, and I'm going to badly paraphrase this, that if you want to know the heart of uh, what kind of man Josh Bice is, is look at who he's surrounded himself with. People like Virgil Walker, people like Scott Aniel, people who are committed to the gospel, to the scriptures, to the local church. And again, I'm badly paraphrasing what he said, but um, he has surrounded himself with people that share that same intent. And I think as long as those men are there, I think it will continue to be that way. Um, so I, to make it better, I, I really couldn't tell you what I would think would be. More comfortable chairs, brothers. The, those chairs were brutal. Uh, but the rest of it was just a genuine joy. It was a genuine joy to be part of it and, and, and to get, get to meet so many brothers and sisters. You guys made that so much fun for me. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, I, I think that's about that's about the best way I can answer that. That's a great answer, brother. Um, I'm sure if if the church if the chairs were that 
problematic. I, I, I'm sure that's something that more people than just yourself yeah. noticed and had issues with. But, you know, like you said, that's probably what the venue provided. And, exactly. Um, and it, it was conducted at a basically a conference center, whereas uh, the uh, Shepherds Conference is actually at the church. So uh, I'm thinking that that, that venue opportunities probably you know that mm-hmm. that makes a lot of difference in what is available but um i'm sure if they listen they will appreciate your feedback and i don't know about our listeners but i've really enjoyed tonight's conversation because some of this is or or things that we probably would have discussed in private but we decided just to make an entire episode about <laughs> it um one thing i, I will say that has absolutely nothing to do with tonight's episode. I've had some brothers encouraging and asking me to do this. I've been very reluctant, but I will say if the Lord wills, we'll, there will be a way provided. But if you're in the Mississippi area and you would like to have me come preach or teach on evangelism, I will make myself available. Um, so for the ones that have asked me to do that, there I've put it out there. Um, anything beyond that is in the Lord's hand and the Lord's control. Amen. But before we before we sign off tonight, brother, anything anything else you'd like to add or, or uh, say or I, I comment would, on whether it be this or anything else? I, I I would just first say, please, if uh, if you want somebody who knows and has a passion for evangelism, get rich involved. Um, if you wanted me to speak or preach, I think you might need to have your head examined, but that's that's just a different story. But I would definitely go with Rich on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have said many times uh, that Rich is the heart of this program and his heart for the gospel and the proclamation of the gospel. You would be blessed to hear to hear him preach. So I would definitely encourage you to do so. Um, as far as you know, this one of the things that I, I continue to be grateful for. When I have the and and by the way, Rich has said I've been to several conferences. In totality, I've been to four. I've been to um, Shepherd's Conference, uh, Cruciform Conference has, has graciously allowed us to attend twice, um, and and then this one. Uh, I've been to some smaller conferences in the past that were drivable distance, thanks to um, you know people like Andrew Rappaport doing some uh, evangelism conferences in in Sacramento and stuff, but. In recent history, this is this has really been it for me, and I I don't know what the Lord has for the future because we have no idea what the totalitarian regimes will do tomorrow, or the next week, or the next year. Uh, but one of the one of the things I walked away from with Shepherd's Conference, and I walked away from it again in this conference, was the genuine pleasure of meeting those of you who listen to this program or follow us on social media and interact with us. Um, it's, it's always interesting and it's kind of almost unnerving to have someone come up to you and want to shake your hand and meet you because they, they, they interact with you on social media or because they listen to the program and you, you realize that this isn't just Rich and I talking into a microphone. This isn't just Rich and I having a website and, and occasionally putting stuff on social media we have, I hate, I almost hate to use this word, impact. 
but it's not us that's having an impact. It's it's God and what He's doing. But we we have this connection with you people, and every time that the Lord has allowed me even just a sliver of of seeing that, um, it blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Um, I, I recently ran into somebody that you know works in the same overall depart, department that I'm part of, uh, but we're in different offices. And so he happened to be out where I was at, and he realized that the name of the person that works here sounds an awful lot like the person on this podcast I listen to and comes and talks to me. And I realized here, there's somebody local that has occasionally listened to the podcast. And it just, it's easy when it's just numbers on a screen, when you see, okay, that's how many downloads we had this last week or month or whatever. It's easy to look at avatars on a screen and, and see words come up and just, okay, I'm engaging in conversation. But when you get to meet people face-to-face, when you get to have that personal contact, um, that was that that changes your perspective. That changes your perspective. You realize there are honest-to-goodness individuals, people that you are having some sort of interaction and impact with. And you realize there's more to what you're doing than just um, just reporting a, uh, recording a podcast. So when you guys did that and, and you made it and you tolerated me running up and running around and wanting to take pictures and meet everybody, you reminded me of what uh, of what you did and, and or what we're we're allowed to do is what I, I guess I should say. And you guys are just fantastic. And by the way, um, Violet, I, I can't say your last name because I'm afraid I'll, I'll mangle it. You were very kind. I don't know if you ever will listen to this program, but you were very kind. Not only did you go up and meet people, but you had made handmade basically thank you cards for all of us. Wow. That was, I mean, just a way of saying thank you for interacting with you, but also just being a gracious way of saying hello and 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 uh, showing your appreciation for uh, the people that you get to interact with online. Violet, that was amazing. I, I, I never would have thought of something like that. So thank you. It was very kind of you. Um, and very few of you mentioned Elf. So thank you for all of you who very... <laughs> there was a, the random person went and look at me, elf. And I'm like, I'm going to strangle Dr. White. Um, by the way, if you listen to James White, apparently he loves raisinets. So um, do with that what you will. So, <laughs> but uh, um, that was, I think, one of the most beautiful. It was one of the things my wife would not let me cancel this trip for because there were times when financial impacts hit that I came very close to canceling the trip um, just because things had come up and my wife would not let me cancel this trip. There was like three separate times. I was like, you know, if I just no. And one of the reasons was for that fellowship. And so thank you for, for tolerating my presence. Thank you for letting me know that you appreciate us. And thank you for being a part of this. Um, we will continue to try to do the, the best job we can, um, and we will continue to try to put in the work. Um, and uh, to Daryl to and Virgil, um, if you hear this, 
thank you. Um, brothers, you humbled me. You really humbled me that night when I when I got to meet you and talk to you face to face. So if you if you get to hear this, thank you. Um, I don't think you guys know how much that meant. So I'll leave you guys to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's that would be my last parting thoughts is just to say thank you to everyone who makes this worth doing and took the time to talk with me. Thank you so much. So any last thoughts, Rich? Just like I try to close each week, whatever you do this week, make it a point to proclaim the gospel at least once a day. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, thank you for your time. Thank you for your constant support of this program. Please, please continue to pray for Rich and myself and for our families. they got to put up with us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also, if, again, if this program is a blessing to you, we have always asked, consider sharing it with others. Uh, consider just putting the links up there and letting people know about them. Uh, you know, as always, if you want to put a review up, that helps other people who might be new wanting to check things out. Uh, you know, that that's always a blessing uh, because it allows other people to know whether or not they should spend their time listening to this program. Uh, if you want to write to us, voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com or go to slavetothekeng.com and you can find our contact us page. You'll also find our social media links, as we said before. Uh, we love hearing from you, even if you disagree with us. Um, and we would love show ideas. We've had a couple recently, and, and so we'd love to hear from more, more from you because it, it's real easy. Well, okay, it's easy for us to think of a topic, and then it's hard to do the work to actually prepare for it. But we also want to uh, we want to do topics that are important to you. And so, uh, and believe it or not, one of the things that I, I wouldn't have thought it was as helpful as it was, but this, the show we did just before the G3 conference on doing whether we should be food storage prepping stuff, I had a brother tell me that was helpful to him at the G3 conference. So don't be afraid to say, oh, no, they, nobody's going to want to hear about that. Man, it, I, I talked to a brother directly who said, and he's telling me about that, and I'm like, wow, you actually listened. Um, but... Um, so don't be afraid to give us a, su a suggestion. Don't don't give uh, be afraid to come up with a topic. We would love to hear from you. Um, and by the way, you know, uh, go check out the other podcasts at Christian Podcast Community. I'm telling you, there's good stuff out there. Don't just only park yourself in this one. There's always good, good brethren to be hearing from, and we always do what we can to share the good stuff. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being a part of this program. Thank you for all that you do for us. You guys are a genuine joy and blessing. So whatever you do this week, do it for the glory of God. We will see you guys next time. Good night. God bless. We'll see you then.